Hello and welcome to the third episode of the new Irish Athletics Podcast brought to you by Athletics Ireland. My name is David Gillick and I'm delighted to be joined in studio once again by my fellow host for today's episode, Liliana Hora. Liliana, how are you? I'm great, David. Thank God. How are you keeping? I'm not bad. It's been an exciting indoor season, a record-breaking indoor season for Irish athletes over the last couple of weeks and months. Um, you know, so many stars, so many kind of athletes progressing, PBs, national records. If I was to challenge in terms of your highlights, briefly... Top three. Okay, number one is Rashida. Has to be because I think she just kept breaking records. And what I actually loved was that everyone was getting behind her. Uh, you know, like non-athletics people. It was all over the papers. You know, she's a force to be reckoned with. And I just think it was lovely to note, just to see an Irish girl being recognised all over the world for just absolutely smashing it. Yeah. Going to different levels that we people never really thought was possible. I think... Another one for me was probably actually Mark Smith and he's from Rohini Shamrocks, coached by Kay Bannon. They've been working together for years since he was in school and like, I what I love about Mark is that he did it on the QT. Like when everyone thought indoors was finished, he went off and snuck in an all national record in the Leinsters. And, you know, he was so close at the national indoors. Was, was he 0.02 off, yeah, I think? Yeah, very close, yeah. Yeah, and then he absolutely blitzed it at 20.64. Like that is phenomenal. Indoors. Mm-hmm. Like so... It bodes really well for for the outdoors and everything like that. The, his distance won't change, um, which which is the great. bends will the bends <laughs> will bends. exactly. <laughs> and I think another great one for me that I oh no, I actually have two. One was Eric Favors making the massive jump, going from like twenty sixteen to twenty sixty six. Like you know, especially in throwing field field events, properly getting their recognition that they deserve. But even like then, obviously, Kate O'Connor, you know, first senior woman to compete at a European Championships and everything like that. And, you know, PB, a national record. Again, what more could you want? Yeah, like, and I think the the spread is wide as well. So you field events to to track, to sprints, to endurance. You know, you probably won, obviously, for a lot of people, like Andrew Coscarin, Luke McCann in that race in Birmingham. You know, when you look at the times at 3.33, 49, you know, 1,500 metres, like amazing times. Yeah. Um, and again, what what's really positive, you know, people will look at the indoors and say, oh, we didn't get a medal. But when you look in depth, there's good performances yeah. in there. And I think it's just continuing that wave of positivity around Irish athletics from Munich because it's going to be a challenging year with the world. So like yeah. it's a step up from Europeans, European indoors, all the way up then to Worlds. And for a lot of our athletes, the major goal is to try and just qualify you know never mind how you how you yeah. do when you get it. we yeah, need to yeah. qualify and then you know it's talking about that qualification the points and everything that's that kind of comes into it for Olympics as well yeah. and that's next year so that all starts this summer so it's going to be really interesting and you know obviously when you look at the indoors you had the four place from Dara who delighted to say we're going to chat to in a little bit as well because yeah, yeah. he's always open and honest and you know, I was there in Istanbul and, you know, in my role with RT trying to interview him post-race and, you know, that the emotions. my heart. Yeah, and you know what? It was kind of one of these moments where, you know, you could see, you yeah. could see what it meant to him. And I can't wait to chat to him because it's been a couple of weeks since. So mm. it's like, have you, has he had time to take it all in? Because four places, phenomenal. Phenomenal. But then it was so close to yeah. the bronze. Or Carl Dennehy wrote a piece about, you know, you 
you're going to say well done to someone who's fourth and they're just going to stare blankly at the face and like, yeah. it, like at your face or something like that and like that's exactly it and like you you could feel the hurt and everything like that you could see how close he was but like knowing Dara and the person that he is yeah. he's going to bounce back but it no is. one likes to hear that at the time No you don't but, <laughs> and I think you know time is, is a great healer mm. and it probably will be one of those races that he, he'll always kind of run in his yeah. head but he didn't lose third he won fourth in many yeah. ways you know yeah, which 100%. I think is is the thing to take from it but like exciting summer ahead you know and um, your own training we've got to touch on that how are you going? We're good we're good I feel like I, I don't know if you noticed this as well but I feel like everyone is either sick not <laughs> flying it like everything was going on but um, look hopefully we'll get ourselves back on track and hopefully have a lovely outdoor season to look forward to but it has been very exciting I suppose you know athletics Ireland have got new sponsors with so 123.ie Yeah, you've got to give them credit for that because look, we all know the importance of sponsorship and you've seen the announcement kind of about the coaching kind of support as well yeah. and that's something that a lot of people have been kind of banging a drum over yeah. the last couple of years. You know, yeah. athletes funding is very important but it's the team around that individual which is ex- yeah. like just so, so important. So the fact now that there is support available there um, and obviously that corporate sponsor coming yeah. in, 123.ie. Um, like it's, it's lovely great. to turn on your TV and like see an ad and be like, oh, I know those people. But it's exposure, you know I mean? isn't it? Yeah. And it just, it enables the sport to kind of, you know, like we said, kind of ride that wave off Munich. It's ongoing. It's a long-term deal. Yeah. They're activating it as well, which 100%. is really important because we've seen sponsorship just kind of like let's plaster it on on the jersey yeah, or the singlet. Yeah. But what they're actually doing, they're doing that and more, and they're activating 100%. on the ground. Which yeah. and also they're targeting athletes as well. So there's individual yeah. um, sponsorship as well. So overall, really, really positive. And um, yeah, like the future's bright. I think there's a lot happening. It's it's all positive, and I'm still trying to haul my backside over half marathons and marathons. So I'm. How's I'm, that going? Yeah, yeah. It's going. Yeah, yeah. No. It's so a, no. What, you, you ran the other day. <laughs> I did run the Pat- St. Patrick's Day. I did a half marathon in Mullingar. Lovely. And um, no, it was good. But it'd be, like, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I can't wait to chat to Dara because it's about the, you know, how you pace yourself mm. and, you know, are, are you analysing the times as you go through a K and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I am. I analyse everything. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to kind of go, am I going too quick? Oh, I'm going to yeah, die. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the heart rate. I'm going to blow up here. That's it. How much do you actually just allow yourself to run and just yeah. feel it and be present in that? moment or how much you actually need to make sure you don't blow up but it was good I have to say half marathon on St. Patrick's Day was about 1500 people did the, uh, the was Mullin- that done by Mullingar Harriers Mullingar Harriers yeah yeah. And started club. in the town went out and then you came back along the canal and it was about um, it must have been about 8k on the canal a lot of horizon a wow. lot of horizon yeah, so yeah, you're just yeah. going straight line no but overall it was good and I ran 125.15 okay but Brilliant. right I ran mm-hmm. 21.15 so I ran you know what I mean sometimes when you run on a route 150 metres more so I calculated it so I ran 125.01 for my 21k so you weren't caught in the corners (laughs) I wasn't caught in the corners so I'm happy I'm happy it's progress and um Keeps you hungry, keeps you, uh, keeps so, it. Will in you the sport. enter so the national 10k? I, in, I, in yes. April? Are you actually? I'm going to do it. National 10k, here I come. So club colours like DSD, like absolutely. Seen as you wouldn't fly the flag for them in the cross country, but you're now willing. to... Well, you see, cross country now is completely different. <laughs> I'm a fair weather athlete. I understand. Right? I understand. I, I haven't understand. done a national championships. When's the last national championships I did in athletics? That's a really good question. I remember you doing. F- oh, I did the nationals back in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I was going to say I can remember yeah, that. Yeah, that one. was my last national championships. So technically, am I coming out of retirement? But I didn't. You are, have a, yeah. Am I? Okay. We'll need to well, get the Irish independent for that. National 10k <laughs> chance. Here I come. 
Um, but yeah, and that's all going to begin to ramp up now because the road racing, like, it's everywhere. There's yeah. 5Ks, 10Ks, halves, all that sort of stuff is going to ramp up. Um, loads happening in terms of the track and field element of the sport, yeah. European under-23s in July, European under-20 champs in Israel in August, and then obviously you know, the world champs um, in Budapest in August. And then, like, it's mad, Euro cross country in Brussels at the end of the year. So... So much yeah. athletics coming your way. Juveniles, back in full swing. Um, sort of grassroots, looking healthy. A lot of talent coming yeah, through. All the so. All-Irelands, all the relays. Yeah. Like, they'll be packed shows for the next, I think, the next three weekends yeah, in Athlone. Like, so, so they'll have some, some we might races. We might be busy. Very busy. Yeah. But not a bad complaint to have. Not a bad complaint. So, I've kind of alluded to it already. I'm delighted to welcome Daryl McElhenney onto the podcast. And he's going to tell us everything about the last couple of weeks and months. Dara, you're very, very welcome. Thanks for taking time out to come in and have a chat with us. It has been a very interesting start of the year for you. Indoors, everything that went on in Istanbul, um, that fourth place, PBs, it's had it all. Have you had a chance to sit down? Have you had a chance to reflect? We've so much that we're going to ask you, um, and you're always open and honest. So just kicking it all off, has everything kind of sunk in? or Where are you at? Um... Yeah, I suppose it has. Like, to be honest, it's kind of weird. I don't think like my like the way I look back on it and stuff has changed like a whole place since like literally chatting to you straight afterwards. It's been kind of like the same thoughts, but just with a bit more like clarity or whatever. Do you know, like I knew like as soon as I came over the line, like what had happened. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, like I'm after coming forward, and, like I knew straight away like the good and the bad of that. Like, do you know, like I did know that I was like, geez, I probably didn't think I was going to be that high up, and I knew that it was like good to be like as close and medals as I was and be like competing at that level and stuff but I also knew like I just came forward like do you know what I mean so like and that hasn't really changed either because it's kind of like even when I came home or when I came back to Dublin I had like you know a few days where I was kind of meeting my friends in Dublin and people I trained with and stuff and talking about it and then I went down home for like 10 days and you're kind of relaying all the same stuff again everybody's asking you about it and like I basically I'm just coming to the same conclusion every time that it was great but it's like it's been a bittersweet, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, in terms of, like, natural, like, reward or, like, what you actually get at the end of it, it is the same as getting knocked out in the heat in many ways. It's more just that, like, you kind of have, like, confidence and stuff that isn't, like, that you can't really quantify. I don't know, yeah. it's kind of hard to explain. Well, like. well, you've had all that, like, you know, it was a successful run, but you don't have that medal. Yeah, and exactly, that's why yeah. they say four place is often the hardest place to finish. But know? I also think with your race is, like, the three lads that went off, it wasn't like the race was a pedestrian pace. It wasn't like Ingebrigtsen just like jogged around and won like he always wins. You know, he had to PB two medal like and so did the lads after. So like it was it was a fast race. Mm. Like when that race kicked off and it went at the speed that it did, did you have a tactic like, oh, I like, can't go there because that could that's kind of suicidal pace if I go off or were you just running your own race anyway? No, it was more like the pace from the gun was fine. Like it wasn't that it wasn't that quick, but it was just more like we like it watched back all like the kind of race well basically just the races that Britain is involved in. And like it's crazy how much of like a chokehold he has just over mm. everything. Because it's like purely like if that like if he wanted that race to go any like whatever he wanted is yeah. exactly how it was gonna be. Like so but to be fair he actually probably didn't notice until I was watching back the race. He kinda does the same thing every time. Like it's usually a kilometre to go. It's like when it gets really hard or whatever. It's and like, like winding it up like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like it, it was more actually in this race, it was kind of more from like 1400 out. But it was like, I suppose the way I saw it was that I thought it was 
when he went out of K, it was going to be a bit more like of a of a break, like that it would be like, I don't know, say six guys go with him and six don't or whatever. And the way I thought it was going to work out would be that like the guys that went with him would die. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think he did it so gradually that like he was kind of keeping guys close and close. And it was more, it was only really like 400 to go that guys were falling off him. But I think I just knew myself as like, if I want to finish the race strong, I can't afford to be like seriously redlining with yeah. like 800 to go or whatever. So like I was kind of trying to run within myself early on and like even when I got to like a K to go and stuff I think that was kind of when I started moving up a little bit but like I was still just trying to keep it as relaxed as possible because I was like there's no I don't know like I just don't like I don't want to but obviously I don't want to like die towards the end but I also want to make sure I'm just moving through and moving through and I still always had that thing in my head that like the lads are going to die off this mm. place and to be fair like Bibich the guy who came third he really did die off it and like especially when I watched back the coverage afterwards, like he was crawling. He, yeah. was, he was panicking. He was yeah. looking back. But I, and, and it's funny, like you mentioned him looking back because I actually think that was like what secured him the medal was because yeah. I, I felt in the moment like I was gaining on him and I was yeah. 100% yeah, going to catch were. him. Like down the back straight in my head, I was like, this is purely on me now not to die and I will catch him. And it was kind of like probably about 70 metres to go for him and I probably had say 90 to go kind of coming around the bend I think he like turned around and like I could see like I think there was a bit of a roar from the crowd that like something was happening I think Ingy Ritson was coming over the line and I was kind of catching him and it was like the atmosphere was building it was getting like kind of reaching a bit of a fever pitch and I just seen him glance around and like just that next like 20 metres after he turned around like he just put in a burst and I kind of knew then I was like oh because there was only like probably 45 metres left then like he'd come around the thing and I was like I so obviously I just kept going but like yeah, it was like until that point he turned around, I was so convinced that I had it. And like I think that was why more that I was kind of disappointed afterwards because yeah. it was like, like, I don't know, like if I came forth by like two or three seconds, I kind of yeah. be like, that's fair enough. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I kind of wanted to come in the top six and I have. Mm-hmm. Whereas it was kind of more like I nearly thought I had it. Even though I was a good bit behind, I like genuinely thought yeah. I had it. Yeah. Kind of down the back straight and I was just like, even in the moment, I remember it was kind of soul destroying like because I seen him glance and just go again. And it's happened to me before on both sides of the coin where like I've been... A, in front of somebody it actually even when I came third in Boras in 2019 in the European Juniors same thing was happening to me I was dying really badly on the last lap and I thought that I was completely away and gone I basically started jogging and with like 100 metres to go I turned around and there was a Hungarian guy who was absolutely gunning for me and I ended up then like holding him off purely because I looked around like so basically the same thing just I suppose kind of got reversed on me but it's are you looking at the clock? Are you looking at the screen? Are you actually taking in that information as you're running? Or you, is it more by feel? How do you approach that, say, even in, during the race? It kind of was more by feel, to be fair. I think, like, I don't know. I kind of still think, like, like my PBs and stuff kind of don't really reflect reflect where I'm kind of at. Like, I think, like, especially for the 3K, it was like, like, I ran the same time that I ran last year in Boston. But, like, the race was really up and down pace-wise and stuff. And, like, even, like, if going back to last summer when I ran my PB in, in Italy, which was two seconds quicker than what I ran in, in Istanbul. But, like, when I ran that race that day, like, I won the race and the last lap was, like, 53 or something. It was really quick. And, like, so even when I come over the line that day, I'm, like, obviously I'm delighted I've just won the race and it's a PB, but I'm, like, I could go so much quicker. And the pacer at the time, even, he's a pro from America. He was, like, geez, you could run. He said 7.35 at the time. And, like, at that time, it was, like, a couple of weeks before Munich. I really did think I was in like 7.35 to 7.38 shape. So like then even when the indoor season came, that was kind of what I wanted to run. Then when it didn't really happen in Boston, it was like fair enough. And I didn't run another pace streak until Istanbul. So it's like there was no kind of pace on the clock that was going to scare me as much. It was kind of more just how I was feeling and like 
kind of just keeping an eye on what's going on ahead of me and stuff. Um, but a lot of it's kind of personnel as well. Like I think the two guys who were ahead of me for the majority of the race, like immediately ahead of me, I think I was in 11 for a lot of it. And the guys who were in 9th and 10th, I actually thought one of the two of them was going to be the person I was going to have to beat to get a medal. Because mm-hmm. they come 5th and 6th in the 5K in Munich. And I was with them both with like 600 to go. And I couldn't hold on to them. But as I say, they finished really strong, came 5th and 6th. And they both ran really well indoors before the race. So they both ran 13-11 and 13-12 in Boston earlier on in the year and ran, the German guy ran sub-740 as well. So it's like, these are the guys I need to beat. Mm-hmm. So like when they were back with me as well, I kind of didn't really care that I was 11th or whatever. Because yeah. it's like, when push comes to shove, they are going to move up. But funnily enough, the way it worked out was they actually didn't. Like one, mm-hmm. one of them completely died. So I had to go around him a lot earlier than I thought I was going to have to. Um, and basically when I, once I went around him, I was kind of, that was kind of the start of like taking people on and trying to pick them off. But I suppose like after about a kilometre in the race, what I thought was going to happen was that at about halfway, they would start moving up and I just tracked them and tracked them and I'd be trying to hold on to them, yeah. but it's not the way it worked out, um, which probably gave me a little bit more traffic than I would have liked coming around. Because um, we were saying that after, it's like maybe had I been in eight, yeah, there would have been less people to go around. But I, I guess like, you know, I thought that they were going to be, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I thought they were going to be the guys to beat. So I always think that's like a really hard thing about like middle and long distance running, like that you could be in the shape of your life, but because of the tactics and everything like that, you might never really get to show. Well, it's it's, it's championship, you know, yeah. it's championship running tactically, but also when you have someone like Inga Britson that everyone just kind of looks to, okay, what's he going to do? Um, and you kind of touched on that already about like, you know, how he approaches it and the wind up from a K that he normally does and everyone's kind of waiting for that. Do you think like, you know, I suppose take yourself out of the race now, do you think he's beatable now? Do you think like, you know, there's people that can, they basically, they know his hand and is he susceptible for someone taking him on? We saw it last year. Um, like, is he as dominant as he once was? I think like, I think over the shorter distance he's somewhat vulnerable, but like, not really over 5k to be honest like, which is a bit like depressing but like <laughs> like that's what everybody thinks like, yeah. you know like it, even it's crazy like but then he brings everyone else on too like like look what you're just after doing he does like you I know? suppose because the barrier is like so different now for yeah. everybody you know yeah. but like like all the, like, the top European guys like it's it's crazy like you are racing for, basically for second every time I think over 15 it's different because he's not like the type of guy who could run like 46, 47 seconds for a 400, whereas like there's loads of guys who run 15 that probably could or be close to that. Whereas like, no, like I think to be honest, especially in Europe, like I think when it comes to a 3 or a 5k, he's just so strong that like he can, he can, he can wind it up to, in a way where like he's making everybody else so tired and then even like he can just then, it might only be the last 100 he gets away, but like he's so much fresher than everybody else at that stage. Um, like even in Munich last year when you watch back like Katir was with him the whole way and Kripa was only a couple of metres off him with like 200 to go but then like his last 100 was like maybe 13 dead or like 12 high or whatever and that just moves him away then easily yeah. and it was the same when he uh, won the world champs in Oregon it's like he, he like people can stay with him to a certain degree because like maybe they can run a 56 second last lap but like if he's running 56 pace until 100 to go and then he just goes like you don't you can't go with that you know what I mean yeah. um, and it like it frustrates athletes so much I mean like after the race in Munich, came over the line and uh, like was chatting to one of the guys who was probably a favourite to medal and he didn't end up meddling. He died big time. And I was like, oh, what went wrong? And he was just like, Ingebrigtsen. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, I'm just so sick of racing this guy. And 
he was like, I, he was even saying he was entered into five and the 10 and he was like, I just don't know why he even entered the five. It's like, I knew I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. then he ended up dropping out of the 10k yeah. five days later because he was obviously wrecked or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's such a unique like thing to have a guy like him that it's like, yeah. you have some of the strongest, like the strongest minded people in the sport mm. are conceding defeat before you even start, which yeah. as I say, yeah. I kind of hate that, but it's like, it's reality as well. Oh, you know? I always remember when I was growing up, like Michael Johnson and um, I can remember Roger Black giving an interview after he won silver in Atlanta. Um, and Johnson obviously won gold over 400 metres. And basically he said, like, you know, I, I gave the race to Johnson, but mm -hmm. I knew I couldn't beat him. So I ran for silver and my race was all about silver. He said, if I went out and tried to beat Michael Johnson, I probably would have finished out of the medals. Yeah. You know, so I think like... You know, yes, it sounds defeatist in many ways, but at the same time, you've got to know your strengths and you've got to know what you're yeah. capable of and, and essentially kind of run with the blinkers on and do your own thing. And I think that's very, very important. But, but that's also championship running. And as you mentioned there, you're going to races all over the world where you have a pacer. It's completely different. It's completely different than putting it together um, in a heat and then coming back and putting it into a final. And obviously everything else that goes on about that. If, if you could look back, okay, so kind of hindsight, um, would you do anything differently? Like, on the whole, no. Like, I mentioned that thing earlier, but maybe if I'd been, like, a slight bit higher up in terms of, like, purely just, like, my pacing, I don't think, like, any higher than eight actually would have been good because, funnily enough, like, the guys that were in, like, say, fourth, fifth, sixth the whole time, like, if you watch, like, when I watch it back, it's, like, like, they were fighting for positions the whole way and, yeah. like, you know, there's elbows going, like, that's the real busy, like, section of the race, yeah. you know, and there's, like, there's so much contact and stuff there and, like, that actually tires you out so much like it's kind of hard to describe but like an athlete can run at say like a certain pace for an hour or something like you know yeah. but like if you put in different like conditions and like that could be like weather conditions or like anything obviously makes it harder but like one of the things massively is like how like fluid you are and like how much you're being interrupted and stuff and like it makes a huge difference like because like even when I watch back like Belgrade the world champs from the year before like I was pushing and shoving my whole way through that race I was because I was just obsessed with trying to qualify and it was like top four and like in my head I was like I can make a world final and that was all I was thinking about but I was like never actually thought about the fact I only have to be fourth mm. coming over the line so yeah, I was yeah. like fighting for fourth the whole way and like came through the kilometre that day in like 2.46 and I was wrecked like wrecked Do you know not trying to be arrogant but like 2.46 should be a jog like and I was just so tired because I'd spent the whole thing jumping from lane one to lane two pushing lads being yeah, pushed yeah nearly tripping over all that. So, like, that's why I say, like, being where I was in terms of, like, I was 11th for the majority, but say, like, between 11th and 8th, maybe, I think was perfect. Like, pace-wise, like, I closed a lot quicker than I thought I was going to be able to anyway. Like, my last mile ended up being, I think, 3.58, which is my PB for the mile anyway. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> that's why then afterwards, it's like, oh, would you have gone earlier? I'm like, and done what? Like, just yeah, ran, yeah, yeah, just ran three, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and just ran 355 for the last mile and, instead. And look, you know, that's why I asked the question, what would you change? Because people will look at it and, mm. you know, it's like any sport, just people at home, like, oh, you should have done this and you should have done that. Very different when you're in that cauldron, yeah. you know, when things are happening and you got to make just, it's in, it's instinctive, mm. you know, so I don't think you can ever kind of beat yourself up about these things because you just, you never know. You run your own race and, you know, with the caliber of athletes that were around, you know, you can, you can definitely come off the track with your head 
your head held high, mm. you know. Um, I'm just laughing like 246 should be a <laughs> per case. Should I, be, don't like, even, I don't even think I'd do that for 600. Like, well, you know? <laughs> only, in a, like only in a race. If I was do, do a 246 in training, I'd be wrecked. Like, yeah, but it's like, yeah. you know, race environment, all that, like you should be comfortable. Like, but, Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think like one thing is like you are, you're still very, very young. What do you do? 22. 22. And I do think like you're talking there about world championships as if they're like literally the Leinster championships like oh you, I learned from that I learned from this do you know like you have so much up your sleeve still and like of knowledge bank that will only help you going forward like do you take any comfort in that? No I do and I think like it's kind of another thing like say after the race where like lots of people were saying like kind of things like that to me as well where it's like you know like you'll have other opportunities and like you won't tell them I know yes. that like yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> like, I would also like but yeah. it's more like but that's probably the awkwardness of like what do I say yeah. to someone oh, I know, who's just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's more like oh you'll have or you will get that medal or whatever I'm like yeah but even if it was the difference between having like three or four European medals say when you when you retire or something yeah. like it would mean you'd obviously wait for it to have four yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean yeah, that's why yeah. it's like say with, with Istanbul it's like even though it was like a step forward and it was like whatever it was like, you know, like a learning opportunity and all that. But it's like, at the same time, it's still like a missed opportunity. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. laughing here because you can, you, even though we're just talking about it, I can actually feel the like, the <laughs> anger of, of want still. Yeah. Like, do yeah. you know? But that's, I think that's what, that's what makes you the person you exactly. are. Right? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you, you'll always think about the one that got away. Mm, yeah, you know, 100%. that medal, that race, you know, the one that will kind of, when you get, go to bed at night, there's, there's a race that runs around your head. You know what I mean? We all, you have that. And that's part of being a sports person, yeah. I think. And if that yeah. wasn't there, you know, well then it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be you. It wouldn't yeah. make, it wouldn't be in your being, you know? And I yeah, think that's, that's very important. Like, Yeah. And it, like it goes back to what I'm saying, but like, it doesn't really matter then if you can't, if I come to her in two years time, it, it's not like, oh, who gives a, yeah. like, who yeah, cares yeah, about yeah, Istanbul yeah. anymore? Like, do you know what I mean? Because even like, I always think about the old learning schools when I was in fifth year. Um, like I, I won it when I was in sixth year but in fifth year I took the lead it was 1500 and I took the lead from three laps to go and led it the whole way and thought I had won like, well like thought in my head like I think I'm going to hold on and then Charlie O'Donovan from Cork hit me with 10 metres to go and like <laughs> it's grand then like oh you win it the next year like you get your name on that trophy yeah. or whatever but it's like Jesus like if I could go back like do you know what I mean you'd still like yeah. I didn't even ease up like he just beat me but it's just more like that type of thing will always. You, you gotta let like, this go. Yeah. Right? You gotta let this <laughs> yeah. go. <laughs> no, that's always gonna sink. Like they're all. Do you know any race yeah. like that but is it's, always gonna it's sink. It's fire in the belly, and like you've 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 obviously gone home. You've reset and everything like that. You're going to San Moritz. Am I right? Uh, Fontmore. It's yeah. not yeah. yeah. Uh For the next how many weeks? Going for four weeks. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. You going skiing? Well, I don't Which? know. I don't think they've got their snow yet for it, so it could get hairy enough in there yeah. for it. But yeah, going there for four weeks in it, so it's kind of, uh, you kind of need it, like, you know, because I'm kind of only back training last week and this week, which is like the start of, or end of March. Was it hard to get back into training? Ah, uh, no, not really, to be honest. Straight like, back in. Yeah, like I took, I kind of took a week off. I jogged like four times the week immediately after it, and then I would have got into a fairly normal training week, but I got a bit sick. So I, it was still a decent enough week of volume and stuff, but then I'll have this week to kind of get closer to full training and then hopefully for the four, four weeks away, I'll be up at kind of like a full mileage or whatever and then come down. When I come down, I have three weeks to my first race as well. So I have a big block ahead of me now, probably probably looking at six weeks where I want to be hitting like full mileage, like 9,500 miles a week. A week. Yeah. Um, 
and just try and keep them taking over. I think that's kind of just what I need for this time of year because like it's such a long summer as well mm. that I'm not really concerned about like pace stuff or like do you know like yeah. doing stuff at five k pace or anything like that. I think I just really need to just get up there and just do like just get the mileage in. Yeah. Times. Do you love going on those camps? I actually do, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Like for for lots of reasons. Like I suppose obviously like they are enjoyable. Like do you know what I mean. I mm. like being away and like I'm lucky that like when I do go away, the majority of the time it's with like a, a big enough group. Like yeah. I've gone away on my own as well. But like when you kind of go, like there's I think eight of us going, or seven of us going, and then one, one person has joined us for two weeks. And do you know like you take like the training out of it every day, and it is like people that your friends like yeah. it's seven people that your yeah, friends your mates, yeah, you're like minded. You're yeah, all on yeah. the same wavelength. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. I do like going away, but I think more so kind of what I like about it is just like you kind of know when you're there that like I, I can actually relax a lot more when I'm there than I could if I'm at home just yeah. purely because like there's no distractions and it's more like you know that like you're doing the right thing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes even at home, I'd be a bit like, even if I am doing training and stuff, I'm kind of always feeling a bit like, like say even at the moment, like there's people who've gone on camp already. Yeah. And I kind of like kind of have that feeling that they're, Getting ahead of you. Yeah. yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah, I get like that. They're, get, like they're yeah. doing. Like yeah. I know exactly what it's like to be on camp, obviously, and like they're doing all that day to day now, and like even They'll be burnt out by the time you get there. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, you're right, though. It is that kind of mindset sort of thing as well, mm. where you know when you go away and you put you immerse yourself in your training, like minded people. There's very little distractions. Yeah. You really feel like you're you're really putting in that graft, mm. and that's probably what's required for the season you know what I mean off the off the indoors did, did you even have like that night after the indoors was it just like straight to bed and dinner or did, like, Jeez, did wish. you blow off steam or <laughs> like what do you do in those moments like a couple of beers you know what I mean you're human at the end of the day no it actually was some crack afterwards we uh, <laughs> well, this I came is back. the stuff I want to <laughs> hear yeah, yeah no we came back and I was I was in no form whatsoever obviously like and uh, so my parents came back to the team hotel and because uh, they were staying in the middle of in the middle of the city so we came back anyway and they were in the lobby with Emmett and a few other runners were around there as well so I went up to the room to get changed anyway and dad was straight up spare and so we were, we were, when I came down it was uh, my parents Emmett and Mike Foppin Dutch lad that was in the race four of them had a table and they were like supping away like that was grand and then then after about two or three hours the the nightclub was next to my parents' hotel in Istanbul. Oh, really? So I was like, right, we'll head in and we'll share a taxi, like thinking that we'd hop out of the taxi. Myself, uh, Foppin and Emmett would go to the nightclub and my parents would go home like, and get out of the taxi anyway. My mother and father bolted in the door <laughs> of the nightclub. And like, mom had a rucksack on and all and my dad was still in like all Irish gear from watching the race. So I went in there anyway and like it was only athletes were there. Like there was nobody that wasn't an athlete was in the nightclub, but everybody was there. Like yeah, there yeah. must have been like, geez, there must have been 150 athletes were there. And like my father was loving it anyway because he's big like athletics fan. Yeah, so he's yeah. going like taking selfies with like Nadia Van like You think that was only an accident that they just happened to book the hotel beside yeah, the nightclub? Like that yeah. was full on planned. Like. <laughs> yeah, so went there. It was late enough because the race was late. Missed the bus to the airport next morning. All that type of stuff, but <laughs> go home then and it was grand. Just kind of, yeah, I was grand. I actually did. That. Yeah, no, I was. Yeah, it was fine. Like I was kind of when I got home then as well. Actually, my brother was eighteen on St Patrick's Day, so we kind of uh, had like it was kind of like it was a fairly relaxed week at home. It was there was stuff going on and things like that. So that's kind of why even when you're asked about Fontremont, I'm like I kind of need to just get yeah, up there now. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah. like I've had my phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah getting the straight and narrow and just yeah. kind of like I'd go tomorrow if I could. To be honest, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? like, but. And obviously, so you're going there for four weeks, mm. and then when would you hope and be hoping to open up then? 
I think I think we'll do my first race on the twentieth of May. There's a there's a meet in Germany. It's that's fairly low key, but it's uh, I did it last year and it was decent and it's grand mm. for an opener for me because like obviously like my main target for the summer is like the five k. Yeah. Um. Hopefully qualify for Budapest and that. But um, I always open up with shorter distances at the start, kind of yeah. just like. Because, like, all the training I do basically for the next, like, six, seven weeks be very aerobic. Like, it'll all be long stuff. So, like, in order then to get ready to run a good 5K, I need to do, like, stuff that's going to shock the system. So yeah. I go into a 1500. And it's funny, like, I go into the first race of the season with, like, literally no work done whatsoever. And it's always so frightening. Like, you know, you're kind of on the yeah. start line, especially for me, for 1500, because the paces seem so quick in my head. Because, yeah. like, I w- probably won't have done that pace for anything longer than, like, a 200 rep or whatever. So it always seems really daunting, but... um going to open up my season there I did it last year as well so yeah looking looking forward then um, like obviously the confidence has got to be high you know you're in shape and that's mm. that's something that I think athletes always kind of want in, in the springtime is know that you've you've wintered well so if mm. you scrap all results and all that the body's good you're fit you're healthy you've got an exciting training camp uh, coming up and then it's straight into racing so you know this summer You've mentioned about qualifications, stuff like that. So it was all, when you mentioned that first race, Germany, and then what way does it look like from there, roughly? Um, I think probably like, well, I'll definitely try and like, I think kind of want to target two 5Ks before the, the champs. As I said earlier, I'm not like 100% kind of, Where? Um, yeah, like clocked mm-hmm. in for any of them. Yeah, I think like there's a couple of like that are options or whatever. I don't know, like might end up getting lucky and getting into one of the really good dime leagues or something yeah, like that. So yeah. I suppose you're kind of just waiting and seeing there, but like, I think I basically just want to run a very good 5k at the end of May slash start of June and then one maybe at the start of July and that would set me up really well then going into it So is that all you need? Essentially yeah because you. well like yeah because to talk about Silver Linings of Istanbul was because I came forward and it was relatively quick and it was indoor I actually got a heap of points off that so yeah. that's going to be used as my third one So Is that a, a heap of points or points? <laughs> a bit of both <laughs> Yeah so uh, but yeah no you can use one one indoor race or a 3k, so I'm just gonna, so that will be that, and then two 5k's. So that's like how my kind of oh, yeah, yeah, overall okay. ranking is determined. So, yeah. um, so, so yeah. yeah, good position then. Yeah, but like I suppose you know, like if you talk about qualifying and all that, but like I wanted, like I obviously need to like get quicker as well. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So like <laughs> I think like my aims would definitely be like to break 13:10 first and foremost. It's kind of like my main kind of time goal for the summer, um, and also like kind of go a good bit south of 7:40 over 3k. I think like. Um, but I don't know when that's going to be. I think that could be later on in the summer, maybe even after Budapest, um, just because I'm not sure like what way it's going to work out with the training camp and stuff. But uh, they'll be the two kind of main names, and then um, yeah, like obviously like trying like kind of defend my national title and stuff like that over the summer as well. And like do you know, I suppose with all the kind of chasing these races, trying to qualify for Budapest and stuff, I don't want to kind of lose sight of like do you know what else is like kind of entailed in the summer, like trying to win races and like yeah, yeah. trying to get quicker on the hole and all that because like you know. World Champs is obviously like that's what you want want to qualify for like, but I don't want to sacrifice everything for it either like do you know what I mean so I, and I, to be fair I think I'm in a fairly good spot to qualify for it. I just need to kind of stay healthy going into the summer and like if I can run in and around like 13-10 twice like I'll be safe enough like 13-10 um, what's that okay? 2-36 or 2-38 2-38 yeah. I, did a, I did a PB over 5k recently 
Was that on Marley? I did, yeah. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. Seen that, did you? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's keeping eyes on you now. Yeah, there you go. 1751, I'll take that. Your coach was two minutes ahead of me, but like, never mind that. Yeah. We're, we're getting there. Uh, nothing wrong with it. Very yeah. competitive. I'm like, you've eyes at the back of your head. So I mean, that you was, see, someone of his level is still looking down to what the punters are doing say, over a park But runs. that's the hard thing, though, because there's so many road races on. There's obviously your track races. So you literally, like, are checking results constantly, I'd say. Oh, the whole time, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah 100%. <laughs> like, no one is safe. <laughs> yeah, like Tygo C, uh, the fellow with the Irish Athletics fans. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. He's, he's my saviour, like, because I'll, there'll always be this race on, in, like, Luxembourg or something, and you know two or three Irish are running in it, but yeah. you're like, where do I even begin trying to find the results for this? He's going to love that shout out now. Yeah, but if then the phone, the phone dings and it's like, he has the results and go up and you're saying, <laughs> yeah. perfect. If anyone is actually wondering, if you if you are old enough to be on Facebook, like the rest of us, um, there is a page called, uh, it's, what is it? Irish Athletics Fans? Irish Athletics Fans. Yeah, yeah. and um, you'll get every bit of result, every athletic story that there is. Like, you know, as Darius after saying there, like, if you didn't know, you, if you got a whisper that someone's running a race, but you don't know where it is, it'll be on that Facebook well, page. I must check that out. Uh, all right. Well, Dara, again, like insightful chat and, and open and honest, I think, in fairness, you know, a lot of people were kind of looking at the indoors and probably expect you to come in here in floods of tears, but you're upbeat, you're positive about what's to come. Um, but look, pleasure um, and best of luck over the next couple of weeks, best of luck in training camp and we look forward to watching uh, watching what you do in the summer because yeah. it's mm. going to be exciting. Sound. Thanks. Shout out to Tygo C. We'll, we'll keep an eye yeah. on as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Sound. Well, it was an action-packed podcast, to be fair. And it was fantastic to get that insight from Dara. Always just, he's just so open and honest. Mm. And I think it's quite refreshing, you know, when you hear someone who's come forward to the Europeans, just tell it how it is. And obviously it's going to be an exciting summer for him um, and lots to look forward to. And I think this is where we kind of give our call to action. Um, Please subscribe, share, comment. If there's any guests out there that you'd love us to get on the show, Leave a comment, let us know, and um, we will be back. And just to say a massive thank you to my co-host Liliana Hora once again. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No problem. And uh, we will be back with you again. So stay tuned and uh, thank you. Thank you.